dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points go Dallas the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Dallas the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 168 of Dynasty Underdog I'm your host, Jerry Dawkins Again with me tonight, Jake What's up, man? Another week a few less injuries, which I guess is a is a it, perk. It did seem I feel like way. I I always come I always come on and I'm like shitting on all the players for getting injured, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel in a much better a much better place coming out of uh, week seven than I did coming out of week six. So that's a good feeling. How about you? Uh yeah, man. Just you know, I feel like the last two weeks have just kind of like just like flown by fast. Like I'm looking at it's week seven. Week seven's past us already. And I yeah. feel like it wasn't too long ago. I'm like, I can't wait for the football season to start. And like, here we are. Like, just a reminder that, especially in Dynasty, like, values change, uh, situations change fast, super fast. Teams that we thought were going to be like really good are maybe less good for fantasy. And just like, you got to stay active. You can't be passive. And I'm very passive. And I find myself being like, shoot, I should have moved on that like a while ago. So don't be like me. Pay more attention because before you know it, we're going to be uh, watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Same, same with B. John Robinson, right? Sooner or later, he's going to be watching some other team playing the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. B. John Robinson, uh, you know, the note I have here is not very PC, but, uh, you know, we're making jokes that, you know, B. John uh, did some unspeakable things to Arthur Smith's mom. Apparently, because B. John, he got like, I think, 11 snaps. Or no, 11, yeah, 11 snaps. I think he was in for one play. But he didn't play, and he wasn't on the injury report, and everybody was freaking out about it. We've been mad at Arthur Smith for weeks now, so this is nothing new. This was just more egregious. We're like, come on, man. Like, He's your best player on the team when you're not giving the ball. Apparently, he had a headache, and Arthur Smith was trying to save him by not letting him play, which in the long run, that's probably good for us, but probably left a lot of fantasy managers pretty bummed. I did go up against Bijan in one league and was pretty happy about it until the fact I ended up losing anyway because I started Zach Evans who also didn't play. That's rough. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm sorry that you had to start Zach Evans, but we'll talk about, we'll talk about him later. I didn't tell you what I spent on him. Yeah, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't. Uh, yeah, this was a weird situation. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation with, with regards to what the NFL can do or will do uh, to the Atlanta Falcons, just with regards to um, disclosure of injury, disclosure of illness ahead of time. It, it it all seems like a pretty unfortunate circumstance uh, just for the player to be in this like 24, 48 hour window of migraine headache. And uh, I think the Falcons really just wanted to beat a division rival. So they were trying to put all the stops, potentially some of the cheating stops of not communicating about, you know, one of their key, key players on offense, having an injury. All in all, I think it's going to be relatively short termed. I, I don't think it's going to be a major issue and I, I think your eyes right this is the right thing to do by the player um it's just not the right thing to do by the fantasy community for the betters for the nfl um for the tampa bay bucks but yeah. yeah i don't think the 
to be fair, I don't think the outcome of that game probably changes much if the Bucks knew Bijan wasn't going to play. Like, I don't, I don't know how that changes things. Can they scheme up that situation differently if they come out that morning? Aren't you kind of scheming up, okay, they're going to run the ball because that's what they do. Either it's going to be Bijan or Tyler Algier. Like, it's just another running back. And I mean, I know... Let me go here. And in the long run, really, it's kind of played into the Bucks' favor because you had Algier out there instead of Bijan. If you're planning for Bijan, then you should be pretty prepared for Algier. I'm not sure how much that changes it, and especially after the first quarter, you can make whatever adjustments you need. So I am on the team that I don't think it affected the outcome of the game whatsoever. Yeah, and they were able to you know, use uh, Ritter more frequently yeah. in, in the running game, which actually equated to... Three fumbles, two of them actually from rushing plays, uh, one of them from a botched snap. So, you know, three forced fumbles, three lost fumbles. The game ended up evening itself out, I think, and uh, Atlanta ended up being able to sneak it in. No pun intended since since Ritter was unable to sneak it in, but that's okay. Uh, uh, Christian Watson, this is less egregious as I have it written down. I used that word twice now, my bad. This is not as bad as I have it written down here in the notes. He is not... Uh, he hurt his knee, and I was just mad because I just traded for him. And uh, but it looks like he's actually it looks bad. But, but it looks it, like he's it, in, he's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying it looked bad um, in the moment. It was like one of those where it was a non-contact injury, so you just assume the worst in non-contact injury. So in your defense, all I'm saying is that I don't think you were, as you've said now multiple times, uh, too egregious about your yeah. Religion. Let's try not to use that word again. <laughs> All right, Jerome Ford. Now, this is a guy who's been taking over for Nick Chubb pretty well. Like, he looks very serviceable, like one of the best backups in the league. I mean, he could be a decent starter. He has been a decent starter, and he's probably been doing pretty decent for your fantasy teams, you know, breaking off big runs here and there. But he hurt his ankle, and he's going to be out for about two weeks. Not much else to say other than uh, uh, Billy's boy, Pierre Strong, I believe, is the next guy in line there. So, something to keep in mind. Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although, with that being said, uh, Kareem Hunt did get outsnapped two to one uh, for the remaining snaps that were available. I think it was like sixty-four to thirty-six percent, something along those lines, and was outtouched eight to five for the remainder of the game. It was a really weird game. With that all being said, I think it finished like thirty-nine, thirty-eight, or something. The ending was, crazy. was like that. Uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of referee catastrophes in that in that game uh but yeah I, I think i think both pierre strong and and kareem hunt will probably carry the burden going into the the next two weeks uh we'll see how truly low i think they called it a, a low grade high ankle spring which i think just means high ankle being the location low grade being the like level one through three i think is the way it works something along those lines hmm. but yeah they're projecting it not to be too too bad right. which is great for ford owners and it's great for you know, football, you, you obviously want to see the more talented players don't need to see washed up guys like Kareem Hunt on the on the field. But with that being said, Kareem scoring points. Sure so is. that's that's the name of the game. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes you start guys that you don't particularly like. We'll talk about a few of them later. But, you know, there's guys out there like Royce Freeman's and Darrell Henderson's that are scoring points. Do you want them? I don't know. We'll talk about if that. you're trying to score points. Yeah. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox injured his wrist. I didn't even see this happen. I, to be honest with you, I found out about it yesterday. Not when it happened, but he's going to be getting surgery. He's going to go on to IR. Should be out four to six weeks. This definitely opens up the door for all the Dalton Kincaid truthers. 
they came out right like yeah he had one one massive game and now all the Kincaid truthers are out already yeah. I, they were out basically by the end of the third quarter you're starting to see the tweets everywhere I was already starting to see the post on reddit He's a talented guy. I'm not going to shit on yeah. him, not poo-pooing, but it definitely helps his case that he really doesn't have any competition right now for for snaps, and they're definitely going to try and bring him into the fold. I think, if anything, it kind of hurts Stefan Diggs a little bit um, just with, with regards to how they're going to try and scheme him because they schemed Dawson Knox pretty heavily in the red zone. The red zone so yeah. if they have a more competent tight end than Dawson Knox, which we all think Kincaid is, there's a chance that he might get targeted more than than Dawson Knox. I personally was never a Dawson Knox fan, no. but he scored points too. Yes, he did. <laughs> and in fact, I was one of those tweeters where it was, I think it was like after Dawson, I think he got a touchdown, right? So I was like, remember Dalton Kincaid? And then... That's when you sent and that? And then the worst happened. That's when you sent <laughs> yeah, that? Then no way. <laughs> and then the worst happened. And then Dawson Knox isn't playing anymore, apparently. And Dalton Kincaid has himself a pretty decent game. So terrible <laughs> timing so on my funny. part. This, you never that's victory so lap too soon. Yeah, that's that's really funny that that's how the uh, Twitter algorithm works. Because the, the reason I reacted like that when the uh, Dolphins Philly game was happening, there was a situation where the the Dolphins for some I don't remember the exact play, but basically um, the tides had turned, and there was a play that went towards the Dolphins' favor, and there was like three tweets that were in like about the Dolphins that one of the folks in the Discord. Matty J, mm-hmm. shout out, shout out to Matty J, um, who happens to play in all the DU leagues. He posted, and there's Uriah's tweet, like right at the bottom. So I just figured that you had posted it like after the game during uh, the Dolphins game, but that's that's not what happened. No, I was being which facetious. Is really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. All right, fair enough. All right, and last of the news that I have. Zach Ertz, I didn't even know he got injured again, which is kind of crazy. I feel like I'm plugged in, but he's going to be going to IR. And I'm not exactly sure what the injury is. I didn't see it, honestly. But um, this is great news for Trey McBride. Uh, He already started getting more usage, actually, during the game. Um, Over the last few weeks, we've already started to see him get more usage. We were hoping for this last year when Ertz was on IR, and it didn't really pan out in his favor. Um, He was definitely getting snaps, but he wasn't really getting targets. I do think that you'll start to see more targets uh, going their way, especially as Kyler starts to edge back to, um, you know, his relationship with tight ends has always been relatively positive in Arizona. So I think that we can only try and be optimistic with uh, Trey McBride's usage. And if I read correctly, Ertz's injury is supposed to be relatively longer term than just the four games. I think it's supposed to be six to eight weeks. I don't know what the injury is, but (laughs) I did see a, a... predicted length and so if that's the case that's even better news for for Trey McBride it is all right that is all the news and nonsense that we have for you now Billy Beeman again cannot be with us I believe he plans on returning to this very pod next week he says we need to step up our game with more actionable content and more data so he's gifted us with a nice sheet I'm sure he'll drop it on the discord but it's basically looking at slot usage from these players uh, yards per route run, slot yards per route run. In fact, he has a number of columns here. This guy probably has way too much time on his hands, but he put together a very beautiful sheet for us. And we're going to try to pick out some of these players that are standing out to us this week that maybe we, at the beginning of the season, did not see this kind of production coming from us. It, it kind of all stems from a little bit of research that we've done in the off, off season where 
Okay, so you know, like pre-draft, people are like, "Hey, you're going to be really sad when you find out that Jackson Smith and Jigba is primarily a slot receiver. This guy's only a slot receiver." And we did the research saying, "Hey, well, that's not really a bad thing for fantasy. Like, it's a good thing for fantasy. I mean, uh, a lot of the top, you know, you take your top. I forget exactly how it panned out, but I'm going to paraphrase, and I'm probably going to be pretty accurate here. But out of like the top, you know, 15 wide receivers." Well over 60%, probably closer to 70% were getting a lot of play out of the slot. So that's kind of why we want to look at this. Um, really good wide receivers who run really good routes and could run from the slot being lined up against oftentimes a linebacker or just their slot cornerback, who's typically not their best cornerback, just leads to really good fantasy production. So uh, let's jump into it and see if there's anything that stands out. Firstly, You've had a chance to look at this. What has stood out to you? Uh, biggest thing that I did want to shout out is all of the yards per route run that are presented are for uh, receivers, players that have at least 28 um, snaps okay. in the slot. So uh, I, I don't know what differentiated that number when, when Billy was doing uh, the work that he was doing, but I do want to call that out just so that you know folks aren't like, oh, well, that guy probably ran too two routes, which is, you know, completely valid uh, response. Uh, but I do want to just call that out. Uh, from the top, I think the the biggest winners that you'll pull out of your hat would be the guys like Brandon Ayuk, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody, the DJ Moores and the Tyreek Hills. Those are your three top dudes um, that have, you know, the most amount of success out of the slot. Um, yards per route run for each of those is close to four to some, some of them even four and a half uh, yards per route run, which is insane. Great clip. But, but Nico Collins is the first big name that I think is the surprise. He actually ends up being number four overall um, at 3.74 yards per route run. Uh, basically just an anomaly for a, someone his size, when you compare him to the three receivers above him, they just don't really align. So the dude's what, like 6'3", something along those lines, I want to say, Nico Collins. Um, really just goes to show that height doesn't really play a part to receivers lining up in any specific spot anymore um, in their games. But funny enough, in that same kind of group, we have other breakouts like Rashi Rice, um, who's around the three yards per route run. Um, George Pickens at about 2.6 area. Also, still, I think more conventionally, what people think size-wise to be dudes who won't line up in the slot. So, even though we're still getting that production from these guys, they go against kind of the traditional narrative that people have for uh, players who are lined up in the slot and still are incredibly successful. All three of those dudes are continuing to rise, I think, against a lot of the assumptions that a lot of us made. Um, I, I know Billy, when he was writing this up, he called himself out as well. He said that uh, Rashi Rice and George Pickens, he was pretty out on going into the season. And he thinks that he was, he was actually wrong on both of them. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm not calling out Billy, but I did want to call that out that both those dudes uh, have been pretty uh, successful. Any other dudes that you've noticed? No, I was just going to take a look at um, kind of get away from the wide receivers and just see, you know, how our fellow pass catching Athletes are doing it to me to see, you know, maybe there's some running backs and tight ends that are getting a little bit of work out of the slot. But you do have uh, your, your tight ends here. You have your Travis Kelsey, and off of that, you have Jake Briggs and Sam Laporta. Kyle Pitts, Evan Ingram, American Juice, Jonas Smith, Dallas Goddard. This lets me know, like, guys like uh, Jake Briggs, uh, Evan Ingram, 
being that high on the list still uh, coming out of the slot is those are kind of guys that you want to keep an eye on that I think are eating out of that uh, uh, position in the lineup. So the wide receivers, though, one that I'm really high on right now, and I think I'll probably overpay for him. We might end up talking about him later. Is Josh Downs. And we all know that coming out, like we expected him to play out of the slot. And right now he's got a yards per out run, a uh, uh, slot yards per out run of 1.48, which is slightly below the, the two mark that we're looking for, but still a guy that's out there just eating. Tank Dell slightly but above him <clears throat> at 1.6. But I think the guys that you kind of highlighted are better than guys that I have noticed. Nico Collins, Rushy Rice, George Pickens are all kind of standouts to me. Yeah, the last dude that I did want to just shout out, I think just because we've been talking about him actually quite a bit over the last few weeks, is Michael Wilson as well. Oh, yes. um, he's at a relatively lower number than most. I think he only is like right at the threshold, 29 uh, targets, 2.5. Base targets. For, for, but um, he's at around, what is it, 2.5? Yeah, yeah 2.5 uh, yards per out run, which is still great. There is definitely that that use case where you'll see these larger receivers taking advantage of going up against nickelbacks. Like, I think that's just the reality of it. And that's how, that's how offensive coordinators are really taking advantage of these dudes in the slot. So you can get kind of that legal push where, you know, you have that, what is it? Two to three yard gap of legal contact. And it, it changes depending on the ref, but, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they do take full advantage of trying to get that gap off the line. And typically when they're either going up against a uh, linebacker or a nickelback, it really, really helps. Uh, so, you know, things to look out for is how I would say creative OCs get with player usage. When players kind of get stuck in, you know, isolated roles, I think that's actually the bigger concern um, rather than uh, folks being so harsh on the idea of players being lined up in the slot when that isn't the reality. Which is another one about, you know, George Pickens. Like, he doesn't seem, you know, at least when you see him, you know, he's out wide, he's making these huge contested catches alongside line, but it really shows that when they put him in the slot here that he's pretty damn productive. One other guy that does kind of stand out to me just because it's eating at my uh, Quentin Johnson uh, love, Josh Palmer. <clears throat> coming in with 2.23 yards per run out of the slot. Uh, he's better than I thought he was. I still think it was good practice to, if you're going to, I don't know, uh, pick one guy to succeed in the offense after Mike uh, Williams went down. I thought QJ was the obvious bet, but it's pretty undeniable what Josh Palmer's been able to do there, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a good shout. I don't think anyone of us want to shout out Josh Palmer just because I think we've all kind of given up on him at different phases of his career already. But this is like his fourth year, right? Yep. So I mean, I don't know. A lot of times you want to take history, or it feels like it. It could be. It could be his third, be but it feels like his fourth. You want to take history and kind of just like <clears throat> do your best guess at what's going to happen going forward, and you're thinking that the guy who's going to replace Mike Williams, Mike Williams' role, or where the targets will funnel to, is a dude like QJ who I think has a lot more traits similar to Mike Williams than uh, Trey Palmer does. But uh, Trey Palmer's been eaten, and you got to give him, as the cool kids say, you got to give him his flowers. He's been doing great. Just to uh, back check ourselves, it's Josh Palmer's third year. Third, cool. Feels like forever. 
third year breakout man i mean shoot there it is it, we used to wait for it, that it is it is a reality though if you when you think about that team setup and him basically having to play behind mike williams and and keenan allen in terms of probably like number of like legitimate snaps that he's had this is probably his real true second year um we were starting to see him get more more valuable targets and routes last year he just didn't look up to speed but he does look like on tape he does look significantly more productive which i know isn't a metric at the end of the day it's just someone's opinion but he really does seem more viable than he he ever has which i think is uh pretty exciting but you know let's jump into what do we learn what do we learn let's sit out so as you've been talking about for weeks now and i think now even like the most just a casual player. They kind of have to take note. I bet his, you know, roster percentage is going to jump up pretty high in, in all your regular ESPN, Yahoo type leagues. But yeah, Rashi Rice. It's it's clear to me that he is an every week starter. Is he going to, you know, get a touchdown every week? I don't know. But his red zone usage has been great. Rashi Rice just looks like the guy who beat out, you know, Tony Skymore, my boy. He just looks like to be, after Travis Kelsey, it seems to be that Rashid Rice is a guy that you actually do want on this team as a pass catcher. Yeah, he really is. He finally hit around the 60% snap share number this week, which I know isn't really that that exciting. But given how they run their offense in Kansas City, uh, he was only out-snapped, I believe, by MVS which is also not that exciting, but that's just how how it works in KC, unfortunately. Overall, I think his value is unfortunately skyrocketing. So let's kind of jump into where his KTC values have kind of gone. Um, Over, first and foremost, I pulled all of his values last night, so they're a little delayed. Um, That was on 1023, so just a heads up. He was the 79th ranked player overall. He jumped 60 rankings in the past 30 days. And honestly, I checked just before this. He was up again, slightly higher, up in the uh, low 70s and sometimes even ranging into the high 60s. So folks have him on the map. Rookie wide receivers, rookie players in general, whenever they have breakout games or just a consistent run of decent games, they start to get kind of overvalued, which you'll start to see throughout this conversation. But let's go one for one. Okay. I'm going to bring up players that were in the range, typically players that dropped actually in behind these players. So Rashi Rice, Alvin Kamara, who are you taking? In Dynasty? In Dynasty. Uh, Price to Kamara. Same. Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin still. Same. Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Same. Javante Williams. Javante. I'm going to go Rashi Rice. Okay, that's fine. And the only reason I go Rashi Rice is seriously because I just don't know if Javante is ever going to come around. He, even this past week where he had a couple of decent breakout runs, there's just something about the dude that just doesn't look 100% there. And I know it takes time. I'm conscientious of that. I just don't. I just don't know. There's just something missing in my in my eye test, unfortunately, and I just I just don't feel like it's fitting. Terry McLaurin. Ah. Uh, Terry McLaurin on any other team. <laughs> <laughs> they could very well have a new quarterback next year. Yeah. I, 
I'm sure they will. And and a new head coach, so it will be like being on another team. Uh, yeah, I'll probably take. I still probably go with Terry. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go scary Terry. Mike Evans. Golly. Well, I gotta stick to my guns. I'll go with Rashi. I think it depends on your team build. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to win now, Evans. I don't know. There's, Mike Evans has shown that he's still worth it. I think if you're <laughs> middling team or a tanking team, definitely Rashi Rice. Uh, Josh Downs or Rashi Rice? Josh Downs. I'll overpay for Josh Downs. I agree with that as well. I, I think we worked through that pretty well. And we'll try and do that through all of these next couple of players. But yeah, I think I think that feels about right. I think we're we're basically on the same-ish value except for Javante. But I think that's just because I'm, I'm, I'm snoozing on Javante right now. It just looks like maybe the community is just kind of a little overcorrected on Rice right now. So we'll see. Yes. And yes. that happens. And you'll, you'll see that trend. And you'll see that trend right now across a lot of these young players. So, All right. Uh, next one. Zach Evans probably sucks. Uh, again, I'm crunchy because of things that happened to my fantasy teams this weekend. And I spent a lot of money on Fab on Zach Evans to only have oh, Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman uh, be out there and not Zach Evans or shiny new toy. So he sucks. That that sucks, but uh, this does give us some kind of clarity of what they want to do there at the running back position while Colin Williams is out. It seems like Terrell Henderson off the couch is better than the guy they've had in the building for the last nine months, but it is what it is. So Zach Evans probably sucks, but he's probably on every single dynasty team. He probably wasn't even on waivers this last week. Like He's just a guy that somebody's been having stashed and hoping. They might have even promoted him from Taxi Squad to play this week, so now people are probably going to be looking to get rid of him. Or if you're still one of those people that are high on him, you might be able to go get him if you want to. What's the key uh, KTC values on this guy? So this was also pulled last night, so slightly delayed. I think last time I checked, they were actually dropping. Uh, he was at 188 overall. Sure. That's kind of ranging you around a 2024 mid-third. 2024 mid-third or Zach Evans? Man, I hate thirds. But I'll probably, honestly, after just how bad it was for Zach Evans to be out there, I played some special teams, but for him to get out snapped by a guy who wasn't even on the team last week, I think that kind of is the writing on the wall, and I'll probably just take my third and move on. The one thing I will say, I agree with you, uh, they did similar work with Ronnie Rivers last year, and you started to see him get significantly more usage before his uh, PCL strain. Okay. So if you are trying to be slightly optimistic about his value, and usage, it might increase in year two. Then again, they did go into the year thinking that Cam Akers was going to be the starter. <laughs> so, yeah. so you never you never know with Sean McVay. Like it's it really is a crapshoot. So I you know don't put too much value there. I agree. Twenty twenty four mid third. I'm taking that in a heartbeat. Elijah Mitchell or Zach Evans. Elijah Mitchell, just because we know those players get hurt there a lot, and we've seen Elijah Mitchell be very successful. Yeah, I agree. I think any San Francisco running back at this point has extended value over a guy who isn't potentially going to play at all this year. And, and when I say not play, I mean like get rele- relevant fantasy points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is how far this poor man has dropped. Mac Jones or Zach Evans? Is this? Do they have a superflex? This is with superflex. Oh my god, Mac yep. Jones. Mac Jones. I I threw this out honestly <laughs> for jokes. Yeah, we, we obviously come on, guys. I get it. I get uh, and it. but it it is really ridiculous. Like uh, there are definite flaws to KTC. This is definitely one of them. Uh, 
Mac Jones can't be dropping down as the 188th overall player with guys like Elijah Mitchell, John Mechie around them. No, absolutely not. So with that being said, Jimmy G slash Gardner Minshew or Zach Evans? The quarterbacks. Even Minshew. And the 20... 20- yeah, I, I, I don't even I don't even need to continue no. that. No, the Minshew's getting snaps for the rest of the season as a starting quarterback. Yeah. He automatically has more value than Zach Evans. And there's there's a chance he does it again next year. Like very this was well. supposed to be sixty minutes of all Gardner Minshew talk, but we're not gonna do that. But he The Minshew effect is is, is a it's a it's a you have to be a Patreon, sorry. Yeah. Behind <laughs> uh Cooper Rush and, and Badgent, he's the best backup quarterback in the league. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a gl- glowing endorsement. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is out there grinding his teeth listening to you. He, he had a decent day. Actually. I, I just can't wait for Tyrod Taylor's interview. Like, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. And I'm like, holy shit, Gino and Tyler, like, <laughs> Tyrod are like taking over the storm. It's only eight <laughs> years later, but here we go. It happens. It, it happen. happens. You never know. Jameis, it's going to be Jameis next year. We keep telling ourselves that, but. You never know. At any of these guys, at any given moment, they made it into the league. That's the way I look at it. If you make it into the league and you started for at least multiple years, there's always a chance for you to win it back, except for maybe Carson Wentz. He's gotten too many chances, and it's just over for him. But 2025, early third, or Zach Evans. So we're talking about now two years out. I might go ahead and snoop up Zach Evans just to see what happens. Based on what you said about Ronnie Rivers, and there's a chance that maybe Zach Evans could be a thing next year. I'd, I'd give up a third, two years out, just to see. Yeah, sure. And and I think I think someone who drafted him this past year because we did see him kind of range in that late third, early fourth uh, range in rookie drafts. I think if you're an owner, you'd be willing to get out for another feature third and to say, you know what, screw take it. another shot in a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that's a good that's a good spot. Unfortunately, I think that what we learned there is that the KTC. Uh, values and rankings are just pretty off with regards to lower end quarterbacks. They're still significantly more valuable than running back fives, running back sixes. Like you you just can't have these conversations (laughs) to make them viable. But I did want to call that out because I I think it's important to you to show that, but also at the same time show that there is correct value around there too. I I think that the 2025 uh, early third is probably his range. Yeah. There's probably a lot of like one quarterback, uh, players voting on these two that don't value the quarterback as well as they should in Superflex. But, yeah, who knows? Yep. Well, we'll have to get Billy on here with a, uh, <clears throat> a win above replacement uh, study. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next one, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, JSN. He's going to be just fine, I said. He obviously a slow start to the year. And see, this is what I wanted from QJ, but I, I digress. Slow start to the year. He's splitting with Tyler Lockett, who's just amazing. DK Metcalf, who's a stud. A team that kind of wants to run the ball first. And so he did have a slow start. And, you know, it's not shocking that it would happen. I know Billy said he thought he uh, would take over in halfway through the year. We didn't know that because DK did not play, which should have been in our news. I don't – it's DK hurt? Well, he did, yeah. Okay. I didn't – I want to say it was a hip injury, okay. I think. okay. And he had the injury going into the week prior, but it flared up, I want to say, for this past week. Okay. So, yeah, uh, with DK out and JSAN in there, uh, he went and had a really good game, obviously the best game of the season. He went out there and he 
I mean, he, he looked good. He he should look good. He looked good in college, but he really took advantage of all the opportunities while he's out there, snagged a touchdown. And for anybody who was worrying about JSN, I, I think now you could just kind of uh, sleep a little bit better at night about it. I have a slight counter argument to that, to be honest. Let's do it. One of the things that I was <laughs> one of the things I was slightly concerned about was that he still got out snapped by Jake Bobo, which hey, that dude's a stud too. It, I, I will shout out like his touchdown catch that he had, maybe the best of the weekend. Yeah, probably maybe the best of the weekend. Uh, but you know, this isn't slander to JSN. I, I obviously know that they play two different roles in that offense. I really do think that Jake actually ended up basically one for one replacing. Um, DK, just in terms of his size, his uh, his peripherals, his his metrics are just very similar to DK. Uh, but with that being said, <laughs> Jason's numbers in terms of snap share actually went down from the prior week with DK there, which I found very interesting. And that probably had something to do with game strip as well. So we're talking about 72, 75% the prior week. We're talking about 63, 65% this week. Um, huh. He scored a touchdown. You know, yeah, that's yeah. positive. He had more targets and he had more uh, receptions. That's all positive. I'm not going to down on that. It's just something to be mindful of that I think a lot of us were hopeful that he would come in and basically take up those targets. And he did. Uh, He just didn't take up the snaps, which I found pretty interesting. So, you know, something to be mindful of. But with that being said, KTC value as of this morning around 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ranking around the 50th overall player. That's a drop, funny enough, of 15 over the last 30 <laughs> days. Yeah, so that's in, that's encompassing the fact that, you know, he was, what, 105 to 107 range, depending on, honestly, 104 to 106 range, I would say, um, for rookie startup drafts. People have really, really high hopes for him going into the season. 30 days ago was basically week two, week three of... Uh, the NFL, so I can see the value drop oh, potentially sure. thirty days. Um, yeah. yeah, so I can see it. Uh, I think people come into the regular season uh, with rookie values really, really inflated, and then you know they start off the year relatively slow, and then we're we're back at that <laughs> at that area where they just kind of like teeter back and forth. Uh, Jordan Addison, uh, Zay Flowers, those guys—they're really, really high up there now, and they were in that same boat. Um, Jordan Addison for a couple weeks dropped out of the top 50 and now he's back in the top 30. You know, it's just kind of crazy and you just have to be mindful of how these values fluctuate based on performance. But with that being said, that kind of puts JSN in this really weird bubble of players. And so I'd love to kind of go one for one. Let's start at the very top and I already know where you're going to go. Tony Pollard or JSN? Uh, Pollard. Same. Bryce Young or JSN? Bryce Young. Bryce All Young. Devontae Adams or JSN? I'm if I'm middling, uh like saying not top three in my league, I might go ahead and ship Devontae for JSN. I would need a plus, I think. But yeah, yeah. I would be more willing to do that. Yeah. I tried to do something like that in DU leagues early in the season tried to ship Devonte plus uh 25 first for JSN we're talking like week one week two people are saying no so, so I I finally was able to get something similar to that deal we'll talk about it later um but crazy crazy just uh, people really have really high hopes for JSN which I am completely on board with that it's just pretty wild 2025 mid first for JSN JSN that's what he cost 
you know, he hasn't lost value. So why would I push it out a year out? Like he, he's, you know, he's shown that he's not going to face plant. Yeah, I agree. And this would be two years out, uh, right? Two years so out, yeah. You wouldn't, yeah. yeah, this is this is great value if you're trading for him. If you're able to get him for 2025 mid-first, like, go for it. Nico Collins, talk about a man on a surge. Nico Collins or JSN? Golly, this is actually kind of tough because I'm still holding on to prospect profiles and such because I'm not really a Nico guy. Yep. Uh, but I am like a Houston offense guy now. Like I, I kind of, I kind of want that. Your turn. New, yeah, I am. Well, it's just, they're looking pretty good. I mean, it's considering the new yep. coach, the new quarterback, etc. What they have. Uh, but is Nico Collins a guy that could do this if they bring in a guy that's better than him? You know, uh, which is not going to be too hard. I don't really think that Nico Collins is like a really good receiver. I think he's fine. I think he's like Michael Gallup-esque. I agree. So, you know, they bring in. I think JSN has the skill set to be in the league longer, producing at a, a more efficient clip for a lot longer uh, with an established coach in Pete Carroll that has just been pretty good at putting the best players out there and getting the best out of them, that I would go with JSN over Nico Collins. And I, it's probably not even that crazy to people listening, but what, what Nico's done this year kind of gives me a little bit of pause, rightfully so. Yeah. But I think I'm, I think it's fair. I'm going JSN still. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, go, I'm going JSN yeah. in a heartbeat. I, I, I think we take stats too to heart sometimes, and I agree. When you watch Nico Collins, he doesn't look like a player who's producing at the stats that he is. And that, to me, that does mean something. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think that he has the player profile to be exceptional for an extended period of time. I think he has a player profile to be exceptional for a short period of time, which is great value in redraft. It's great value in everything else but dynasty. So if you can get off of him for a stud like JSN, I think that's this is the time to do it. <laughs> this one was stupid, but I threw, I threw it in there. Jared Goff or JSN? Uh, Goff. Same. Kyle Pitts or JSN? Uh, Kyle Pitts. This is the one where I actually have some difficulty. I just I don't I don't know. I can I can see I can see it going both ways. I probably would at the end of the day not do this trade if it was ever sent to me as a pits owner. Same either way. But in this, you know, vacuum conversation we're having, it makes me question it, but I would probably go Kyle Pitts. Last one in the Pitts worlds, Michael Pittman or JSM. Uh, shoot, it's kind of the same thing with Collins. Although I do think that Michael Pittman's better than Collins, but I think Agreed. I'd go with J. I think I'd go with JSN over Pittman. I would also go JSN over Pittman, but I think if it was Pittman or Collins, I would go Pittman over Collins. Same. Uh, so you know, if we're we're doing that, you know, graphic where they have like the uh, the greater than signs, sure. JSN greater than Pittman, who's greater than Collins, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how we'll do it. All right, I'll, I'll agree. Next. Excellent. Puka, Puka Nakua. He isn't going away. Uh, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, all those guys, even Tutu. So, like, that offense is doing well. As long as Matt Stafford is healthy and Sean McVay is Sean McVay, Puka is going to be a dude. Absolutely not worried about Cup being there anymore. If he's not there, he gets injured again. Great for Puka again. Puka just looks like an absolute stud wide receiver in that offense. In that offense. I don't want to take anything away from him, but does he look the same if he goes and he gets drafted by 
I don't know, the Cardinals or something. I don't know. But he looks pretty good here. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, KTV, KTC values from this morning have him at 27th overall, which is up 21 over the last 30 days, which is exactly my point. So Puka Nakua mm-hmm. was a wide receiver who was going in some rookie drafts undrafted. Yep. Completely. And we're talking about maybe two weeks into football, three weeks into football, the dude was already up into the top 50 of uh, KTC values. So trying to understand that like this conversation is really just trying to get the consensus of what the values are uh, from a global perspective, but we are aware that there are significant flaws with this system. Um, so with that all being said, he's now 27th overall. He's hovering around guys like Devon Chain, Devon Chain or Puka Nakua. We'll go with uh, HM. Same. Jonathan Taylor or Puka Nakua? JT. Devontae Smith or Puka Nakua? Mm, Puka. I think I have to go Devontae Smith. That's okay. Uh, it, it's, Devontae Smith's an eagle, so I kind of I have to mark him down a couple spots to begin with. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's fair. I, I think at the end of the day, and <laughs> given where Puka's at in terms of his value, I think I would take any player over him given oh, his value, if yes. that makes sense. And it has it nothing to do with him. But uh, So Brandon Ayuk. Or Puka uh, Ayuk. Same. Uh, Jordan Addison. 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 Same. Yeah. Kyle Pitts. Oh, honestly, I think you get a little plus, probably, with how Puka is being valued here. I don't, talk, talk about blow-up games. I like, know. <laughs> after last night, good luck with that. But sure, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think before last night, easily. Um, after last night, some people might even be crazy enough to say Jordan plus for Puka. You know, it's just it's just crazy like that. But Pitts or Puka? Pitts. Same. I would go Pitts. Name. Yeah. Yeah, I would go Pitts. And to put that into greater perspective, JSN or Puka? JSN. Same. Okay, cool. So <laughs> one of the big things that I think we take away with this whole Puka thing is if you're <clears throat> looking at your rosters and cost of acquisition and return on investment and all that that goes into that side of Dynasty, you know, stock market type of mentality when we talk about these players, well, that's why we call them shares, right? Uh, the return of investment that you could get on Puka right now for a more established player even an older guy who's got less years, potential years in the league, or a player that has a more stable quarterback because we don't know, you know. Stafford could play for the next six years. He could play for one more year. All that being said, whatever the hell you invested in Puka right now, you could just cash out to the moon. But he's scoring you points, so that's a really hard decision to make. But just the value increase from your initial investment on Puka should really open you up to moving off of him, if you can. I feel like that's the the less heart move and the more brainy move to make, if you can do that. I agree. Completely on the same page. All right, uh, next one kind of tailors off of the whole Zach Evans sucks, but Daryl Henderson, he looked looked pretty good out there, uh, considering he wasn't even with the team uh he was just out there got the phone call familiar with the offense went out there and they used him quite a bit he's going to be the guy for at least the next couple of weeks until kyron Williams comes back assuming everything goes good with that just something to note that moving forward 
the running back that you're going to want from that team for at least the next few weeks is going to be Daryl Henderson. And he probably was on waivers uh, before this game started. Maybe even after in some leagues it's possible because Zach Evans was the hot topic. Royce Freeman was probably another guy like there. But Daryl Henderson is probably a guy you can go out and get just to add to uh, your sport, uh, point, sport, point scoring team. What's KTC say? This was as of this morning, 1024. He was around the 320 mark overall, which was an 165 value jump in the last 30 days, which makes sense because, like Uri alluded to earlier, my man was sitting on the couch <laughs> yes. less than a week ago and he was not a pro football player. Uh, he was probably working out every day. He sure. looks he looks in shape. He looks healthy, but he was not a pro football player. He did not have a capability of scoring you any points, which makes sense as to why we have this insane jump. But with that being said, he's in this really weird group of guys that I think is kind of interesting. So we've got Sam Darnold or Darrell Henderson. <sighs> so say Purdy goes out there and shits the bed again. Sam Darnold gets a start. I'm I. Daryl Henderson. I think it really depends on how on on how much I need points. But yeah. if I'm the Sam Darnold owner and I really need points, I I just I'd rather give up like a fourth than give up the, <laughs> yeah. the QB option um, any day in Superflex. Uh, so the twenty six fourth is kind of his value right now, which is how low this is. But that's like. I would trade a 26 fourth for Sam Darnold. So I would also trade a 26 fourth for Darrell Henderson. I get that. Yeah. Tyler Scott, the rookie on Chicago, wide receiver. He's starting to get some more snaps actually out of that team. I would, depending on what my team is, obviously what we're going to find out at the end of this is that this is not a guy we want to trade for <laughs> or away quite just yet. But, uh, you know. Zach Evans or Darrell Henderson? Zach Evans. All right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Tyler Scott, like, you know, if I'm just a rebuilding team, yeah, maybe I want to just get Tyler Scott and see what happens with uh, Mooney going forward and that whole offense and stuff like that. So Yeah. Um, last two are, one's kind of interesting because it's, it's position for position, Pierre Strong or Darrell Henderson. Darrell Henderson, yeah. Okay, and last but not least, the Division Two wonder, Tyson Badgett. Uh, again, Team Pacific, you, you know what you need on your team. I might go just go ahead and take Badgett. I'm going. I think I'm. I think I'm going I mean, Badgett. I think I'm I think even week to week, like if you are trying to score points, like I think Badgett in a super flex situation might do better than Henderson moving forward, at least until Fields is back, which could be another couple weeks. Yeah, if you are in a spot where you only have two true starters and you're playing super flex, I'd much rather try and get a third string quarterback that might have value and there's literally no no real reporting no real reporting on uh on Justin Fields injury. It kind of just seems to Not be week really. to week. And so, you know, I think I'm in that that mindset of if I can get someone who's going to be there during these uh, major bye weeks, then I want to try and bring them in now. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool, man. That was fun. We should have, man, we should have been doing this the whole time, but we live and we learn. Thanks for doing all the work too, by the way. Yeah, of course. All right, let's hop into some trades and non-trades. So this one is 
well, these first two are mine, but, uh, so console wars, I made a trade. I probably shouldn't have traded because I was drinking and thought I could be more active than I actually am. We'll see how it works out. But my first, so I traded away like first, second, Quentin Johnson, uh, Michael Meyer. I got Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin cook, Derek Henry. And I thought I could potentially move these guys. And then this is my first step towards that. So. I ended up trading away Saquon Barkley and Stephon Diggs for Anthony Richardson. That went through? Yes. Oh, I didn't even see that. I missed it. I'm in this league and I completely missed that. That's okay. Yeah. I think you actually posted this in the Discord, if I remember correctly, and I was all smash this. I think given what your team's situation is, this is great value. Um, I really have this at like, I don't know, like two and a half firsts basically for... Anthony Richardson, which going into like week four, people were already asking for like astronomical numbers, having him at like QB5, QB6 overall. I think fantasy points scoring wise, as long as the guy stays healthy, and that's I think everyone's concern right now, which is why you're seeing a dip in him. I think this is pretty good value for you. Cool. Yeah, I think it, it kind of fit what I'm trying to do with my team. Uh, that was on my first like big sells for a, a mini rebuild hopefully will only last this off season so yeah i felt pretty good about it just trying to take advantage of anthony Richardson being hurt and me not wanting saquon or digs on my team right now to screw up my uh point total for the year yeah do you have like a, a good understanding of like kind of what range you're trying to fall into uh pick wise whether i like it or not i'm gonna be picking uh probably top at least 106 to 101 to 106 range right okay. um if i could land that 104 or something like that that would be perfect so we'll see gotcha okay that yeah, pretty that much put me exactly where i was last year and i could just try it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know that feeling it, it's a um, tough division man it really is i'm in the nintendo division and you've been in console wars a little bit long enough to it's just oh it's rough it's rough yeah so. Yeah, and, and it's cyclical it's too. It to feels like it's the same. It's the same teams too. They're just like somehow at the top. But yeah, yeah. All right, the next rough. one I made uh, with Billy, which I told myself I'd never trade with him again. And honestly, I need to take more time with these, and I probably could have got something more out of them. I know I could have because uh, I think he was pretty surprised I accepted it. But honestly, didn't really care with how things were going. He sent me a trade for Ayuk, which I know that he probably wants because he's trying to contend there. And he sent me uh, Jerry Judy and Christian Watson, two players who I'm not like super high on, but I thought they have some trade value and somebody else could want them. Try to get the guy. Honestly, there's probably weeks where Ayuk's going to score most, more than both of them, which is also good for me as far as potential points go. But it gives me two guys that like still have some value uh, to certain factions of people. Not my best trade, but what do you think? I can see what you're trying to do. But I do feel like Ayuk is like one of those guys that I would rather have on my team long term as True. kind of like a staple uh, moving forward. I, I just don't really see Judy or Watson as those as those dudes. I've actually been historically very very against both of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I I have zero shares of both. <laughs> These are my first two shares, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I like it's it's tough for me to to see the value of it aside from when you put in the points perspective. I get it. Uh, I think I'd just rather try and get points off my team elsewhere and keep and keep Ayuk personally. Yeah, you're right. You're welcome, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> this one is mine. It's currently out there in the ether. It's been sitting there for a while. I know the guy's seen it, so it, he's obviously thinking about it. 
Uh, Jordan Love and Trey Palmer for Austin Eckler and Michael. And this is a guy who's short on QBs, so I wanted to try and go for someone who might be more uh, QB deficient and also Mm -hmm. is just not playing well. I think they're like one in six this year. They're not going to make the playoffs. Austin Eckler has no value for them next year. What are your thoughts? I like the Eckler-Pittman side. I could see giving away love makes a lot of sense, especially if you don't need one. And if a guy isn't really going to make the playoffs and is QB deficient, as we like to say, this is a trade that like I could see him making. He might want something more than Palmer in return. Yeah, I, I figure that this would be a good at least starting point for the conversation and maybe yeah. at least just like kind of provide the hint of love for Eckler and something slightly plus just given Eckler's age and you know lack of production quote unquote coming back from injury but I think uh I think there's something that could be done there I'm curious to see if there will be a counter I think so too I think that at the end if it's love plus something different uh, this could be I think this is a deal that could get done yeah same as long as love has like another good game soon or something like the funny thing is, is that he doesn't look particularly great, but he still ends up scoring enough fantasy points where he's relevant. So I think he still finished this past week, even though he looked bad for basically three quarters, um, around 16 points. It's not terrible. You're talking about like Matthew Stafford range, basically on a weekly average. That's 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 competent Q, QB2 in, in Superflex, so... Uh, you know, it, it just depends on how you, you want to present this teams. This is another one for me. This one I <laughs> I alluded to before. I said earlier in the year I had sent out a trade, Devontae Adams plus a 25 first for Jackson Smith and Jigba. I was actually able to get Garrett Wilson instead. Thoughts? Excellent. Yeah, excellent. I would much rather have Garrett Wilson moving forward than Devontae Adams. He's had his little struggles. They fed him a little bit this week. Do 25 first, although I don't like to trade them, but they're easy to forget about. Uh, Garrett Wilson, we've seen him smash with Zach Wilson uh, for the most part. Zach Wilson himself is a little bit better. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. We all know that, and he is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Uh, I, I view Garrett Wilson and JSN uh, similarly. I actually would rather have Garrett Wilson than JSN. So for you to get Garrett Wilson other than JSN, I think this is even better for you. Uh, agreed. Uh, going into the season, I don't. I think this trade would have been laughed at um, because the assumption was that Aaron Rodgers was going to start, Garrett Wilson was going to finish as a top six, potentially even seven wide receiver, somewhere mm-hmm. around that range. People had him that high. I don't have him that high personally, but I do have him around the top 10 range. So to be able to get a top 10 wide receiver for Devontae plus a first feels like the right value for both sides, honestly. And I kind of wanted to try and be able to buy someone like that on the dip, I don't know if there's going to be a future dip because it does seem like the connection between uh, Zach Wilson and Garrett seems to be getting better. You know, he's coming off of close to 35 targets over the last three games. You know, he's he's touching around almost 200 yards in those three games. No touchdowns is really just down to Zach Wilson being basically touchdown adverse. But, you know, he does everything else right, unfortunately, for <laughs> For Zach Wilson, it does feel like a good, good space for me to try and get in. Uh, and maybe, you know, for others who are trying to get Garrett Wilson, this could be the, the right time to buy. Yeah, I like it. I actually like it a lot. Last is Devin Singletary for a 2024 fourth, and this happened in DU1. I think that both teams are probably pretty happy about it. I think it's a really weird moment to trade Devin Singletary away if I'm a Devin Singletary owner. 
We saw just prior to the bye week, Devin Singletary outsnap Damian Pierce. I'd almost be willing to wait a couple extra weeks and see if I could get, who knows, uh, early third, maybe even a late second, depending on production. It just feels like the wrong time to sell, especially because you're getting back basically nothing. The, the timing part of it is, is, I'm with you there. I just think that, you know, maybe the Singletary owner has been holding on to Singletary until he showed some <laughs> type of value. <laughs> That's and they're just like, okay, I'll take a fourth because I literally couldn't have got a fourth three weeks ago. That's, yeah. You, you <laughs> That's can, completely, that you can, when you put it like that. Yeah, I hear you. I hear and, you. and, you know, whoever's picking up Singletary, they're like, yeah, it's only one week that we've seen some sort of production from the guy. But it's a 24-fourth and they're basically useless. So they're both probably pretty happy about this trade. Yeah. 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 It makes me wonder. I have some pretty terribly running back deficient teams because that's how I like to build my teams for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll throw out a 24-4th or a 25-4th for Devin Singletary because I do think that he's... I bet it gets done every time. I think he's better than, than Darrell Henderson personally. He might not have the, the easiest uh, pathway to scoring more points just because I do think it'll be a relatively split backfield. but. You know, we saw a relatively split backfield with Royce Freeman, for God's sake. So, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. And Kyron Williams will be back at some point. Ronnie yeah. Rivers will be back at some point. So at least we know it's just going to be Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce. Yep. This could be interesting. That's a, that's a good one. With that being said, I do have one more. I actually forgot to add it. Um, I got this done in DU2, probably overspent. But like I said, running back deficient. Kareem Hunt or a 25 third. Ah, uh, hunt. Yeah, go for it. All right, there we go. Yeah, get get yeah. your points. All right, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I'm on the same page. I might, I might have give you a better deal on somebody else, but, you know, whatever. Who, who, who? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's on the team. So. You're, you're like Gus Edwards, and I was like, eh, maybe. You're good. I'm a bench bastard. Anyway. All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about? I'm good to go. Sorry, I just want to say sorry to Billy for the uh, cat screaming in the background. I'm sure you heard that on the mic. Uh, yeah. I do apologize. My cat does that a lot, but. It's okay. If it's not my cat, it's my kid. And they're home on Tuesdays and Thursdays now. So thanks everyone for giving us a listen. Please follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins, at Willie Beeman DFF, and at Jake Jake Abrams. Join our Discord. It's awesome. It's free. It's popping definitely during Sundays. It's just fun. A great group of guys. And it's, again, free. And if you can give us a listen on Spotify, that would help us out in the future. Other than that, y'all have a good night.